You're listening to the Film Marketing Academy podcast, the audio series dedicated to helping filmmakers create better film marketing campaigns faster. Join your host, Pascal Fintoni, for what promises to be an exciting and intriguing voyage of discovery filled with advice, stories, and film marketing ideas. Thank you for tuning in. And now, on with today's episode of the Film Marketing Academy podcast. This week, Pascal, we're going to be talking about a film from 2013, all about magic, all about magicians. The film was called Now You See Me, and as if by magic, let's wave the magic wand again and watch the trailer. Come in close, because the more you think you see, the easier it'll be to fool you. Ladies and gentlemen, for our final trick, we are going to rob a bank. On the count of three, you will be teleported through space and time to your bank in Paris. One, two, three. Everyone in this room was a victim of hard times. Some of you lost your homes, your cars, and so tonight, we're going to return some of that money back to you. Explain to me how you went from Las Vegas to Paris in three seconds. What do the kids call it these days? Oh, magic. First rule of magic, always be the smartest guy in the room. Your bank was the distraction while they set up the real trick. Expose them now and destroy them. Hang on, hang on. I've got nothing. Okay, thank you. Thank you for the delay. Whatever this grand trick is, it was designed a long time ago. And I believe that what's about to follow is really going to amaze. Look closely. Because the closer you think you are, the less you'll actually see. <laughs> oh my goodness. That is a good film, isn't it? It is a good film, but one that I saw very, very late, uh, mm. I must confess. In fact, what happened is, going back to 2020, when we were at home a lot, I was going through my watch list on Amazon Prime and spotted Now You See Me 2, mm. realizing that I'd never seen the first one. So off I went looking for Now You See Me, the original from 2013 watched a trailer, um, which we just saw a moment ago, I was thinking, how is it possible that I missed this? You know, how is it possible that I didn't go to the cinema to see what is essentially an incredible bank heist movie with that layer of, of magic and illusion? Yeah. Now, this is interesting because um, we did watch it when it came out. And I rewatched it this week, two nights ago. I often rewatch the films just before we do the <laughs> review in, in film marketing. Great excuse to watch great movies. And I th thought exactly the same on the rewatch as I felt when I saw it originally, in that it's a two hour movie that goes by literally in a flash. It was like, oh, it's two hours and it's gone. It's so engrossing. 
But for me, Pascal, it's engrossing from the point of view of I want to know how they did the tricks. <laughs> I want to know how they did the bank heist. I want to know how they managed to pull off the misdirection. And that, for me, is what's interesting about the film. And what I do come away with thinking is I don't really know anything or care anything about the cast. We don't really learn a great deal about them. They have a bit of banter. But they aren't the star of the show. It's the it's the the actual heist itself, the actual mechanics of the illusion. It's the mechanics of the misdirection that's the highlight of the show. And I just wonder. I mean, it wasn't a massive blockbuster success, was it? I just wonder whether they focused too much on the the mechanics of the magic rather than on the mechanics and the personalities of the cast themselves. That's pretty fair, actually. Uh, what I do know is when people went to buy the DVD and Blu-ray version, there was an extra 10 minutes of content, perhaps more character development, mm. and there was a multitude of deleted scenes. So I've got a feeling the director and producer probably had to make some very, very hard decision mm. and felt, well, let's keep the showmanship of you know the the, the magic uh, on stage linked to the bank heist because I, 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 like you visually you kind of go what you know it felt almost particularly the first time you see it where you don't know what's going to come next where you were back to being a child maybe at the circus or at um, a show where you just don't know how th this happened and in a way do you want to know because of course once you know the the magic is gone so we're going to talk about the marketing uh, in a moment but for me it was one of those where they had to make a decision. Do they promote this and market this as a bank heist movie? Mm. Or is it a movie about the magic and the illusion? Mm. And during the research for this one, they obviously went for the bank heist angle more. Yes. Because historically, movies where the, the magic element is being pushed forward don't tend to do so well. Yeah, I, I can see why they would have come to that conclusion. And and as as I said, I, I was absolutely fascinated with how they managed to pull off the heist. And maybe that was the right decision. But mm. as you say, I, now I'm thinking maybe I should watch the the director's cut or the or the the version with the deleted scenes. What is interesting, of course, um, is that I watched this on Netflix. It's actually on Netflix, believe it or not. And as you know, at the end of a Netflix episode or a net, net Netflix film, it comes up with suggestions as to what you can come, what you can watch next. And when it came up with the suggestion of "Now You See Me Too," I'm sitting there thinking, I didn't even know they'd made a sequel to this. So oh, really? I've that, wow. I've got that to look forward to. <laughs> <laughs> and a third one for next year, I'm told. Ab absolutely right, yeah. yeah. Although it hasn't got Isla Fisher in it, the, the sequel, I believe. So that's mm. a bit of a shame. <laughs> <laughs> so in terms of the uh, you know, the reason to, for, for the movie to do well, firstly, you have obviously the, the director, Le Terrier, French director, behind the transporter. Remember that from yes. Jason Statham? What an incredible action movie. He was also behind the Incredible Hulk, if I'm not mistaken, Class of the Titans. He also worked on the Dark Crystals TV series and is the director for Fast 10 for, for, for next year. The writers are essentially well-versed in doing kind of good action pieces, um, particularly Boyaz Yakin. And one of my favorite kind of action style music composer, Brian Tyler. Mm. 
And then you've got the ensemble cast. And I know that some critics said, oh, it's just a rehash of Ocean's Eleven meets um, uh, Catch Me If You Can. And that's probably very, very unfair because Now You See Me feels like it's, it's got its own style, its own narrative. Uh, but I would agree that uh, back to you know that, that kind of feeling, the end feels very rushed. It reminded me a bit of some of... Um, movies I've seen where they realize, oh, crap, it's been two hours of storytelling. Let's wrap up the ending swiftly. And I've got a suspicion that's probably what people left feeling a little kind of uncertain about how much they enjoy the movie because the ending felt wrapped up very, very swiftly. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right there. But mm. again, as I say, two hours went by really quickly. I mean, honestly, you think, oh, is it over? Two hours? Wow, that's really fast. So, Tell me a little bit more about the marketing. I mean, you, you did the research for this one, Pascal. Mm. So how engrossed did you get? Pretty engrossed, but equally, almost like, you know, the the the, the feelings of excitement, but also a minor disappointment. Mm. It was the same look at the marketing. Now, I think it's important to note that when it came to the marketing campaign, the original plan and the original idea was to release this movie in early 2013 mm. so that it didn't have to compete against the big blockbusters. Now, sometimes it's hard to catch your mind back to, you know, nearly um, 10 years ago, but 2013, some would have been taken up by maybe the Marvel Universe, probably Star Wars, you know, so the big, big um, kind of brand. So the original thought, well, let's not you know, essentially fail, you know, with uh, in terms of audience and in terms of uh, takings, let's play it safe by having a spring release, not a summer release. But actually, when you do the research on magazine like Variety, um, you have quotes from the, at the time, marketing chief officer of Summit, the distributor, Nancy Kil Kirkpatrick, sorry, who did some audience testing and it went so well that they took the, um, the, the potentially the challenge and they dare themselves to actually change the date to a summer release. So literally, they they did that, you know, quite early on. So the audience became aware of Now You See Me, November 2012, with the release of official trailers in different territories. And we obviously watched a moment ago, you know, the one that we saw. And that was the beginning of their efforts. Now, 2013, again, 10 years ago, it's a different time and space uh, in, in there. So what they did was to send the trailer as a video file to movie review websites, to YouTube channels, to bloggers, viewers, and so on, so that they can um, use it to access their own network. Because you must understand that at the time, the likes of Summit or E1, the distributor in the UK and more, they simply didn't have an audience mm. or sufficient audience. They had to use word of mouth marketing and networking. So you have things like uh, people who had access to the to the video, then creating like little games online. You know, what's your favorite ma magic trick? Vanishing money is pretty cool, but let us know in the comments below. So we're creating a reaction, but not on the official channels. That we're using, I suppose, what would be named later, the influencers. Yeah, absolutely. And they did quite a little, uh, 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 say little, they did quite an interesting sort of viral campaign for this as well, didn't they? Now, one of the motifs in the film are these cards, uh, the tarot cards. Now, each of the uh, protagonists in the film, when they're recruited to join this secret magi magician society, they each receive a tarot card. Uh, I can't remember exactly which ones. One of them was definitely death. Um, and one of them was the lovers. Uh, but they actually created a viral campaign around hidden tarot cards, didn't they? 
It was very similar to actually your Cadbury spoil um, yeah. campaign. Yeah. People were, it was called the Diamond Heist Challenge. Yeah. And you had to go online, actually accessing, no, no doubt, those movie review websites, bloggers and YouTubers, and find still photography that would have had essentially a symbol, typically a um, one of those cards, and using an app, you would scan this this card and access exclusive video clips and more. Yeah. Now, I, I imagine all the stuff isn't available anymore, but... Uh... Which is always a shame, isn't it, for people like us who are wanting to go back and, and, and rediscover how some of these films were marketed. But I guess, you know, we've, we talked about the, uh, the the twirl, the caramel twirl, and that's current, but this was relatively new even 10 years ago, wasn't it? Completely. And what is interesting, they had to use um, an, an AR app called Blipar. Mm. Now you would use Google Lens or another, would, life would be much, much more simpler. And I suspect instead of a card, you would have had a QR code. So yes, I think it was actually in a very innovative and daring campaign. Bear in mind that obviously now they were taking on the big boys for the summer blockbusters. So mm. between the November to this was May 2013, there was the expected PR push but they had to find a way to be covered by the media and of course by the fans and i think that that was a very very clever way to be talked about as well as getting people excited yeah and because it's an ensemble cast <laughs> therefore you've got lots of different characters and i, I say I, I did feel that they didn't develop the characters well enough but each of those characters as you would expect got their own poster as part of the campaign uh and each of the characters also got a title so you've got the showman the escape artist the <laughs> mentalist the debunker uh, i was a bit of a strange one the debunker the slight the rookie and the money michael kane was the money and the agent mark ruffalo was the agent. i quite like these um ensemble films that have these uh these sort of character posters. We saw it with Death on the Nile, didn't we? I, I, I always love the creativity that goes into creating the individual actors' posters. Yeah, and we saw it actually in the um, Rings of Power. You know, mm. we, the, that was a big, big thing that the, the lent on. And then people, you know, as in the, the PR machine took over where they would encourage people to seek all eight out. So, you know, not all eight were sent to everyone at the same time. And could you also, it's in the film or predict, you know, after you, before you've seen the film, which car will be matched to which characters. So there was an element <laughs> of complicity with the, the audience as well. But what I will say, and again, we need to accept that 10 years ago is, is a long time. They didn't do much else apart from publishing it and then mm. leaving the rest to others they didn't do as well and as much as death on the nile or rings of power for sure yeah no it it, it feels to me from looking at the material you've um, unearthed on this pascal that they had the content um but like a lot of people you know, it's not just about putting the content together, is it? It's all about getting it out there and repurposing it and reminding people that it's there. And it just felt, feels to me as if it was a little bit half-hearted. They had some great content, but they didn't really do much with it. 
Yeah, because, I mean, they were under pressure. You know, the premiere was in New York City on the 21st of May 2013, and after that, there was a rollout globally. Um, there was some strange data as well, which perhaps didn't help, whereby normally when a movie comes out, you know, they, everyone gets to see the movie within a, a matter of, of a few weeks. But the rollout was nearly three to four months. Um, the UK was a third July, which is from the 21st of May to the 3rd of July, is a long time. And France saw it at the end of July as well. So it was a really long spread out moment. So I think with that in mind, I think the campaign could have been just a bit more sustained and they could have lent more into to the different assets that they had at the time for sure. Yeah, and they did a poster design competition mm. as well, Pascal. What was all that about? So they were inviting fans really to, by just watching the trailer, maybe um, by that time, because that was June 2013, if they'd seen the film, to send their own efforts in creating a poster for, for the film. And it was fascinating because they were in partnership with Tumblr on you know, that blogging pl platform. Mm -hmm. And as a result of which, you know, a lot of people went in uh, either, and, and it was a big range of, of designs, and you had very, very kind of modern looking design, almost in line with their own efforts. And people went almost like Art Deco, almost like Houdini style. And um, then they announced the, the winner on the official Twitter account. Yeah, I quite like the, uh, I, I mean, I've, I've always been a fan of movie competitions, as you would expect. And, and it is quite a, it is quite an interesting uh, visual that the winner came up with. So it's, it's, it's worth digging out the tweet just to, just to see that. What about the, um, the exclusive partnership with IGN that went on with this? Yeah, now that that's very interesting because I, I don't think I've, we've seen that happen very very often. Where so we are pretty much in kind of release territory now. You know, all the different countries are getting to see the. Um, the, the movie and in the uk as i mentioned a moment ago this was released you know early early july so just for the uk just to get the pr kind of going they were sending 20 second teasers to specific platforms mm. where, and in this case it was ign and only ign followers and fans would get to see the um, 20 seconds teaser creating again an element of uh, you know formal which um, we've covered many, many a time mm. and what what is interesting is it was clearly something that was really um well thought out so on a, a moment ago we were a little critical of ah, you know they could have done more by the, the poster design that kind of things but here we have something where clearly a local agency, I'm going to argue, I'm guessing here, but a, a local agency really thought it through and said, this is a way we're going to get people excited about the potential to go and see Now You See Me in the UK by creating exclusive content to very specific platforms. Yeah, so that worked. So the IGN stuff worked, but the actual social media um, for the film was a little bit low key, wasn't it? Um, I mean, again, it's this was ten years ago, and you know, it, social media is so embedded in everything we do now. But you know, you're thinking about it. 2013 is only three years after the start of Twitter, isn't it? Well, that's 2006 the start of Twitter, wasn't it? But it, we're, we're still in the early days of social media, so maybe we shouldn't have been too critical. No, and 2013 was really. Uh, for me, the start of uh, the popularity of my social media marketing mm. training courses. Uh, I was getting 
uh, you know, classrooms full of people to mm. learn about it. So we are at the same time. So yeah, you're absolutely right. You know, out of respect and kindness to the producers and marketing team, they were wrestling with it too and trying to understand it. Mm. For, for me, it's um, it was very evident that when I did the research, the the accounts they had, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, as we'd expect, they were completely taken over by Now You See Me Too. Mm. That was released in 2016. And I mean, literally, it's like 10% of the content is now you see me, and 90% is now you see me too. Um, so they did obviously what you would expect. You know, they had some great um, repurposing of quotes and praises yeah. from different review sites and magazine. And I love, you know, the artwork again. It, it's almost semi-traditional as well as being very, very modern. They had, of course, um, what we've seen in, in other movies, quotes from the main characters from the movie. So whether you've seen the movie or not, you're going to get that phrase or that sentence being mentioned. And then, of course, they had a lot of call to actions and teaser graphics about book your tickets now, go now, with um, different scenes from the movie. And what they did there with those kind of call to action posts, they were using that kind of mirror and angles and broken shards uh, kind mm -hmm, of uh, mm -hmm. motif that we also saw in the in the main poster. But apart from that, it was almost like, well, we're not sure what to do with social media, or maybe they didn't have the resource. They did just enough, but actually didn't capitalize on all the good stuff we mentioned, like the trailer, the teasers, the, the character posters, and so on. So it was almost as though they probably actually were still doing a very good job with print media, but perhaps not with online media. Yeah, it's it's interesting, isn't it? Because to me, the big theme of the movie was the whole idea of misdirection, and that that's what magic's about, isn't it? Mm. You know, you draw the audience's attention to the right, and you get them to look to the right, whilst you're messing around doing something on the left, and it's because they miss what you're doing on the left because they're looking to the right that they actually think that what you've done is magic. And I think maybe they could have tried a lot more trickery like that in the marketing of the film i mean a, a, a film about magic to me needed a magic marketing campaign and this to me doesn't really feel like a magic marketing campaign no i mean the highlight remains you know the the treasure hunt of, of sorts yeah. in a way you've got to go online and find the cards and scan the cards to access more content i, I think that for 2013 that's absolutely genius i love the, the character posters and, and what they've done with the design as well and it was just maybe back to this idea of um, observing the 2013 campaign is almost like a time capsule about how difficult it was to get your head around it yeah. and how tricky it was to maybe get a team to be behind social media. And the evidence is that three years later, I do think, now you see me too, it's 2016, I could be wrong, but certainly a few years later, it was like it's like night and day. The social media campaigns are far, far superior. So yeah, I, I think for me, an amazing movie. If you've not seen Now You See Me, you're gonna have a blast. It's a great, great entertaining movie. And when it comes to to the marketing, bear in mind that they went for that daring um go of let's go for the summer release now and let's take on the big boys. They could have just spent a bit longer on squeezing more value from their efforts. Yeah, I am definitely going to look out for the second film, Pascal, and maybe <laughs> we'll bring the second film into the film marketing yeah. slot in, 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 a, in a little while. We won't do it 
too soon, but maybe in mm. six months to a year's time, we'll look at um, Now You See Me Too. Wow. Once again, an absolutely packed episode of really interesting stuff. And as you said earlier, a bit of a orientation towards video this week. Thank you, everybody, so much for listening to the show. Thank you so much if you watched the show on YouTube. We really do appreciate you taking the time to watching and listening. If you've got any questions if you've got any suggestions if you've got any comments let us know either on the socials either speak to us on twitter leave a comment on the youtube um, page or you can talk to us using speakpipe pascal quickly remind us about speakpipe Speakpipe is a voicemail message app that literally allows you to press on the microphone symbol on the web page. You can leave us a voice message to leave your comments or suggestions. As Roger mentioned a moment ago, speakpipe.com forward slash two geeks and a marketing podcast. Fantastic. So thank you once again for listening or watching, and we will see you on the next episode. And until then, please go out there and make sure that your marketing is done right. I was Roger Edwards and he was Pascal Fintoni. Thank you for listening to the Film Marketing Academy podcast, the audio series dedicated to helping filmmakers create better film marketing campaigns faster. For more information about our film marketing consultancy and training services, go to filmmarketingacademy.com and book your free discovery video call. And if you haven't already, don't forget to subscribe and follow your host on social media for more updates. 